Hello, this is Van Electric Ghost. This is <clears throat> episode 141, Cage Theory. I'm a little late in talking about the songs on this one. So Cage Theory is the song Cage Dichotomy. And it's um, kind of a stream of consciousness uh, romp that I did with an OPZ from Teenage Engineering. And it kind of goes off in, in a weird direction. I'm going to play it for a second. So it's talking about a bird in um in the hand and a bird in in the uh, can and or the man in the can and it, it kind of takes a bunch of ideas of like there's a bird in the cage there's a bird in the hand there's a man in the can and it's kind of taking the idea of a cage bird why does the cage bird sing if the cage bird sing it means like everything and so it's equating like the man in the can well he's like a, a person in prison is like a bird in a cage and the person in the bird the cage that's singing is like you know lamenting its situation and somebody that's in jail is lamenting their situation so it's talking about like a confluence of a prisoner and equating the bird with the prisoner and I, I was able to create a, a hip-hop type of beat a, a beat they would normally have in like um rap or hip-hop with the teenage engineering opz and the step components um, which allow you to do multiple effects on a single step so i'm able to create this really awesome sonic dissonance and have it sound pretty menacing uh, so I used that capability to create the vibe for this song. And then Josephine is playing with the VT4, pushed up the format on the pitch and got her voice to be a little uh, disconcerting. It's a little off compared to some of the songs where, you know, you can't always tell what she's saying. But there's a couple of lines in here that I think are important. They're the dissonance on the page and the dissonant in the cage and the old man. Uh, basically put the dissident in the cage because he, he didn't like the words that the dissident said on the page. So there's a line where it's like, the old, you know, the dissident's in the cage because the old man had rage on the words that were on the page. And I think that's kind of a, a statement about these times where you have uh, autocrats who are limiting free speech or controlling what people can say about them. You can't call uh, a blatant racist a racist because um, that's insensitive, but they can call, um, you know, all Latinos, call them a rapist, or call all people coming over the border are part of MS-13. I mean, these are things that can be said about other people who are downtrodden people or the other people, not part of the mainstream, not part of the power structure. It's okay to, to denigrate them, but it's not okay to denigrate somebody like Stephen King, or, I mean, not Stephen King, but... A rep, there's a rep in a rep king that's a, a playing racist out there. Uh, that's pretty clear that he's a racist, and uh, NBC just said, Oh, you can't say that when it's pretty clear that he's a white supremacist. And if you're a white supremacist, I don't know how you would call that anything but being a racist. So, the idea is that a cage dichotomy is the different types of cages that people put themselves in. So, and then Sex Behind the Blinds is just another. Josephine Sex Bomb will play a little bit of it. Yeah. 
So basically, this song talks about the only religion is that missionary position. The only religion is that friction uh, that you have between two bodies that collide. And uh, Josephine's talking about having sex with the blinds turned down. Uh, in this kind of situation, that like her only religion is sex. The only thing that she's into is the missionary position or any other position. But, you know, that kind of friction between people that creates the act of... Uh, the little death. So that's what that song's about. And then the final song in this set is a song called Needle Vinyl Crossfade. So we're gonna play a little bit of that. So what's going on in this song, this is not a teenage engineering song. This is us using the Moog DFAM. And we have it modulating through a maths module to delay when the DFAM actually plays. Because one of the things about the DFAM is that if you don't use the controlled voltage wiring to control when it's going to play, it's hard to put brakes into a into a DFAM beat. It tends to just continuously play and you have to mod, you know fool around with it and play the filters and you can change the rhythm but it doesn't actually stop and start like a typical drum machine unless you actually hit the button but if you run it through a math module and you run it through some time time settings on the math module from uh make noise that we have in our Eurorack in our 6u we we fed the signal into the into the math module and we were able to create this kind of delay where the drum beat goes and then stops and then goes and stops and it gets this kind of different um, type of rhythmic setting that typically you don't get on a DFAM. And so we utilize that with um, also playing the Roland Juno GI uh, keytar through the effects on the Juno GI has a lot of boss effects built into it. And we actually ran it through a bunch of effects to give it a real guitar feel. And we wrote a riff in real time and played it on the keyboard uh, with the whammy bar or modulating wheel. Um, which we've been doing for several years, being able to get that kind of sound. And with this song, he's talking about the idea of, um, you know, listening to vinyl and the needle, but it's also kind of hinting at somebody who's a intravenous drug user um, and, and, and the kind of the dissonance between listen to a needle drop on vinyl and then the needle dropping into a vein. And it's, it's kind of this confluence of uh, drug addiction and music addiction and listening to music and uh, maybe getting high or being, um, you know, kind of rack, racked up in, in, a, in, a, in a stupor in a way. And the crossfade is the kind of in-betweenness of the, the state of being, either high or not high or listening to the music or not listening to the music or getting into it or not getting into it. So that's what this is about. We're not trying to promote drug abuse or anything. We just, you know, make comments about how we think things are going in society and we use our Stream of consciousness music to do this, and we felt that the the DFAM, we always go back to the the DFAM because we think it's an awesome tool. Uh, we use it with the Mother Thirty Two. We've been using our uh, Arturia Mini Boot Two S more. We actually been uh, using our Juno GI to control the keyboard on it, uh, with the control to actually give it uh, a keyboard. So because any of these mono 
uh, modular synths can be connected to a MIDI keyboard, and then you can play them like a Model D. We like using the Juno GI to connect to the Mother 32 and the Arturia Mini Boot 2S to actually play those sounds. We're very excited to learn about the Chord um, Mini Log XD because now we were in 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 the frame of mind to get um, a Moog Grandmother, which we still think is you know, but there's kind of a big debate between these two machines. But there's a couple of things going on. The Grandmother is um, you know, paraphonic, where you can get it to play sounds in maybe two notes, um, maybe even up to three notes. But the the um, Korg Minilog XD is a combination of uh, the mini log, the monolog, and the prolog. And it's got the third oscillator, which is this complex oscillator from the prolog, which can have customized like wavetables, which I think there's a tool for doing that. And then there's um, the ability that it's polyphonic in four voices, which the Moog is not. Uh, and then it's got digital effects that you can apply in uh, two analog oscillators to make it you know, if you want to have really heavy polyphonic sounds for only 600 bucks, it's a good option. Um, the Grandmother still has a different type of vibe. If you're looking for that classic Moog sound from the early 60s, mid-early 70s, there's nothing like the Grandmother. If you're trying to do uh, polyphonic analog music, there's not that many analog synthesizers that are polyphonic for $600. Uh, most of the polyphonic synthesizers you'll find are going to cost you at least... $1,500 or more. So that's a, a really good entry level to get a polyphonic analog synth and something I've always wanted to have. Um, the Roland System 8 can pretty much emulate um, an analog synth, but it's not exactly an analog synth. This is a pure analog synth, and it's got a really good package, a really cool polyphonic sequencer. It's got the oscilloscope, it's got the overdrive, it's got the digital effects, it's got a lot of cool features. And for the money, uh, you know, we're kind of swinging on a couple of things. We, we we are very interested in the performance aspects of a Roland guitar, like the Roland Axe Edge. And we were thinking about doing a show in uh, New York City that's typically an acoustic show. And if you had a Roland um, Axe Edge guitar, you could actually load um, the uh, USB stick with a with a with a song written on an OPZ, and then over dub it with lead uh, guitar parts or piano parts with the guitar. You, if you need to play the guitar as a full piano, you could have it strapped on and just bring a, a, a stand, put it on the stand, play it in the key in the, in the piano mode, and then still have the strap and then jump onto it and do a solo. Um, so it's a pretty good all-in-one device if you had to get into a small space where you couldn't have your stack. You could have a lot of things on the USB card where you can actually play with stuff that you pre-programmed and then over uh, dub or play over it. And so that's a really good option. But the Minilog XD is very small as well to give you a good performance option. You could do some of the same things um, by bringing the OPZ in and playing it through the MIDI capability. But the MIDI module for the OPZ is not ready yet. And so um, the option of putting the the sound wave or wave file onto a USB would be something you could do right now because um, Teenage Engineering is kind of famous for taking a long time to get some of that together. 
So, uh, looking at heavily, trying to figure out which one I would get. I really like the Korg. I've never had a Korg product other than I did have a sequencer, a sequencer back in the day when I had a D5. Back in the 90s, I had a D5. Well, actually, early 80s. Like in 1987, 88, I had a Roland D5, which was a lighter version of a D50. And it had a linear um, digital synthesis, which was really cool. But not as heavy as the D50, but it was pretty good. Uh, I used to use a Korg sequencer that had um, a proprietary like disk um, system, like a hard disk system that you could save uh, sequences onto these hard disks. And then you could, I would uh, run sequences on the D5, which was multi-trimble, and you could do all kinds of programming. So that was my first Korg machine ever. I've never had any other Korgs. <clears throat> so this will be a cool thing. I was very interested in the prologue, but $1,500 is a lot of money. And uh, $623 uh, is a good price. So once I'm finished paying with my paying my OPZ, I'm thinking the the the, the main log XD looks like a really good buy and uh the the mother, the grandmother is something we're looking for. I want to see what Moog comes out with this year. Cause again I, I, at Moog Fest if they well we're, we're trying to see if they're actually gonna put out the um Moog um subharmonicon, which we are are hoping they will. But I've heard it has issues with being in tune. But that's not a big issue for me because I would use it for its capabilities and awesome sub-ironic sequencing on square waves. But we'll see uh, what's going to come out this year. But right now, when they're running this uh, Korg, will be my first Korg product. It, it looks like a really good value because it's a mixture of all their best analog sense um, kind of built into one. has a lot of presets, has a sequencer, a polyphonic sequencer. How they can get a polyphonic synth unless Roland gets on the, on the job and does something that makes like a smaller system eight or something or a bigger system eight uh we'll see what roland's going to come out with this year uh, I, I do love the roland axe edge i think that is something i'm going to be getting as well when we have to do performances this year but this is just an update of what we've got going on <clears throat> once again we have our new album on all the streaming services um is out there for everybody to listen to it's um it's a big effort that we've been putting together for a while, and um, we're happy that we got this out there. It's Wretched Symphony Number no. 8. It's on all the streaming services, Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify, and you can listen to it right now. Uh, we do have a CD coming, uh, The Flowers That Bloom, The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb, and we do have on Diggers Factory Records a two-vinyl album. So this year is a big year for... Um, actually getting physical content from the ghost we do have our first vinyl which is the flower that blooms at midnight in the tomb at diggers factory records you can pre-order right now 24 dollars plus shipping is directly shipped from diggers Fa uh, factory then they're they're a viable uh, company you go check them out they they produce limited edition vinyl there's 196 copies of this album uh, only going to be 196 on vinyl and then eventually we'll put it on cd but it's only going to be on vinyl at this time, then um, Dark Ghost, um, The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb can be on Amazon.com CD. And we're also going to have it on all the streaming services. And you can listen right now to Ratchet Symphony number eight. And then Dark Ghost Volume two, we're thinking of maybe doing a Bandcamp album there um, or do a CD baby release. We're trying to figure out which one we're going to do. So we're, we're looking at that. But um, that's the one that's got Sonic Twin and the title track to Dark Ghost. 
so it was never to move toward, um, which originally we're all going to be on one record, but it was like a three-hour record, so we couldn't do it. So we started splitting it out into multiple records. It's actually really like a five-hour project. Um, in total, so there's going to be a bunch of different versions of this record of the Dark Ghost series. But we thank everyone for being um, uh, with us. Uh, check out our sponsor, CIN Pals. They're doing a contest. You can see it. You can win $500. You also uh, can check out our sponsor, theinfatuation.com. When you need to check out a place to eat, check them out. They've got a telephone number. It's in the ad that will be on this episode. Thank you for everybody for listening to us. If you want to be a supporter of the ghost, please uh, sign up. And also, uh, if you want to be a big supporter, go to our Diggers Factory Records uh, link and buy the album. Uh, buy our records on Amazon um, and all the streaming services, you know, do the downloads. We get paid more money if you download. So it'd be cool if you do the downloads or you, you stream, however you want to do it. That would be great. Thank you. Be a woman.
This is Fam Electric Ghost, and our supporter, CIN Powell, is having a promotional contest where you can win $500. You just have to call them at 786-562-7601. If you call them at 786-562-7601. You can also email CIN Powell's at cinpowellsinfo at gmail.com. cinpowellsinfo at gmail.com. Their website is www.cianpals.com. Again, CIN Pals, a new type of social network, is having a promotional contest, and you can win $500. Check out CIN Pals at www.cianpals.com or call them at 786-562-7601. That's 786-562-7601. Email again is cianpalsinfo at gmail.com. CIMPowsInfo at gmail.com. Thank you. Yes, I need a whole ring. Let's get the final touch on the day. I guess that needle 
Can't hold it at all, that's why she's not down. 